Over the course of your life, you will find that things are not always fair. You will find that things happen to you that you do not deserve and that are not always warranted. But you have to put your head down and fight, fight, fight. Never, ever, ever give up. Don't give in, don't back down, and never stop doing what you know is right. Nothing worth doing ever, ever, ever came easy. And the more righteous... Trump's big announcement, the stock market, Ron DeSantis, and the red trickle. All that coming up next. Nobody has ever done what we've done in the last four years. Their entire economic plan, tax cuts for the rich and corporations. And record-breaking unemployment. The worst jobs report on record. Trump is the only modern president to leave office with fewer jobs than when he took office. The Trump administration formally asking the Supreme Court to overturn the Affordable Care Act. This could leave up to 23 million Americans without coverage. I hope that they end. You also had people that were very fine people on both sides. Do you believe in punishment for abortion? Yes or no? There has to be some form of punishment. For the woman? Yeah, there has to be some form. And if I win, we will treat those people from January 6th fairly. And if it requires pardons, we will give them pardons. Hey folks, welcome to VAU. If you don't know who we are, well, you're not the only one. So that aside, to much ado, what I'm going to do is start out with, uh, well, you just heard it, that lovely ad that is all for Trump. No, I'm just kidding. It's not all for Trump. It's actually a complete attack ad um, going against Trump, and most of that information in there uh, is pretty much misinformation, uh, considering the facts that they're playing off of are from the pandemic where we were losing jobs and where we were not doing great uh, in the economy, obviously because of the pandemic. But that aside, a flurry of new ads is starting to trickle out uh, in the media, specifically because of this run, this bid, this announcement that occurred yesterday on November the 15th, Tuesday, 8 p.m. Of course, mainstream media didn't cover it. The only place you could even see it was on Fox News and Rumble. But what's really interesting here <clears throat> is Trump, in Trump form, is not being received, and, and I'm going to say this very clearly, I want, I want to articulate on this, Trump is not being received as well as a lot of individuals would have liked for him to be received, and I think that's because, and, and I'm going to... I'm going to say right here now, this is opinion, but I think that's because Trump's doing what Trump always does, and he's focusing on himself. He's not focusing on the topics. He's not focusing on the politics. He's not fo focusing on what's going on <clears throat> outside of his own little bubble, up until the announcement of last night, that is. Now, in the last night's announcement, 
he talked for, I don't even know, I, I watched him for about an hour, and then I just started to get tired. But he actually did bring up some policy issues. He did bring up issues that are cultural issues. He did bring up issues that actually matter to the people, and that is how Trump is going to win. That is the only way Trump is going to win. That said, I'm going to play some clips really quick from last night's announcement, but I'm also going to do a contrast and comparison on what he's doing when it comes to attacking his own party members, his own members that he's endorsed, and how that is potentially going to set him up from a strategic standpoint of view for failure down the road. If we see a 2024 bid with Biden again, if he's even breathing at this point or that point in 2024, and Trump face off again, I guarantee you it's setting up the Republican Party for failure. And here's why. We will abolish every Biden COVID mandate and rehire every patriot who was fired from our military with an apology and full back pay. So that's one of Trump's little talking points. There are a plethora of other talking points in this speech. I'm going to play them out, but I forgot to mention something. Another uh, incident occurred yesterday that uh, made actual media nationally, and a missile hit Poland. Uh, It was estimated two were killed, maybe more, maybe less. It's kind of up in the air. But the speculation behind it was that it was a Russian missile. But now what we're seeing is reports that it potentially was a Ukrainian missile to hit Poland. And Vladimir Zelensky decides to put the blame on Russia. It's almost as if he's trying to start a World War III. That aside, another crypto company called FTX found out was laundering money specifically through uh, Act Blue, or they were actually taking their, it's a crypto, they're taking their crypto and basically taking this this money and they were taking donations and giving it to, uh, it was called, um, Ken Griffin called it out the other day, I think it was Trump Lose, there was a line in there that said Trump Lose, and this money was being laundered through Ukraine and then going right back to Act Blue. Alright, so if you don't know what Act Blue is, Act Blue is a, uh, basically, it's like a, 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 a large political action committee, essentially, but it, it's a donation uh, corporation that literally donates only to p- political parties on the Democratic side. So this is huge. If this is actually valid and legitimate information, uh, if this money actually was being laundered through Ukraine, that's why you would see or why we have been seeing billions upon billions upon billions of dollars continually being sent over to Ukraine. We've been, we're being told in the media that this is for aid, for Ukrainian aid, but now we're seeing the trail of this crypto company, FTX, where they literally were donating this money. It was going through Ukraine, and then it was going back on a paper trail to Act Blue. If all of that validates and there's actually some real concrete, finite evidence that this is all tied together, that is huge because if anyone's been paying attention, the red wave that we were supposed to have turned into a red trickle. There's a lot of reasons behind that, but many individuals are still doubting the integrity of the election. They're saying that there's fraud. Look, Maricopa County in Arizona, again, their machines went down. Um, this seems to be a repetitive theme. One of the biggest problems here is obviously you've got your mail-in uh, 
you know, your mail-in ballots, and then you've got early voting, and both of these can potentially be issues. But the race, the gubernatorial race in Arizona was so close between um, Katie Hobbs and Carrie Lake that there was a recount. And then all of a sudden, these machines were shut down, and they went into what's called adjudication. If a ballot goes into adjudication, you no longer have control what you're voting for. It's up to someone else. So that's pretty fishy in my opinion, but uh, that's just another thing that happens in Arizona. In Florida, you saw an actual red wave, but that's because there's actually security. There is literally election police um, that make sure that the voting is not fraudulent, that makes sure to, to, to have validity as well as transparency as well as some sort of of actual regiment as to how the voting gets done and florida won by a massive margin when it came to the gubernatorial race as well as some of the delegates and whatnot but um that aside uh a lot of people are doubting the election again uh and it's it's understandable completely understandable however that said we do have a problem with early uh, voting and also mail-in ballots because what happens is, let's say you do it, you're early, you, you register early, you vote early, and all of a sudden your candidate that you vote for, I don't know, like John Fetterman in Pennsylvania, decides to just completely fall apart at the seams and cognitively is worse off than Joe Biden. That's saying quite a bit. You know, you might you might want to retract your vote there. You might want to say, you know what? probably not a quality candidate. And that's another thing to talk about. But, you know, you can't retract your vote because that early vote's already been tallied. Uh, So that's a big problem. And then the other thing, the mail-in, as far as the mail-in ballots, you know, counting these after the votes are are basically, if you go to the the actual voting uh, or the polling, um, you know, buildings, wherever it is, your your government building or church, local church, local fire department, wherever it is that you're actually doing the physical ballots and to- polling and putting them in the machines and all that jazz. With the mail-in ballots and the mail-in is not taken into consideration until after all of that other stuff is done. So there's margin for error there too. Two big problems. My big issue with the entire thing, and I've said this before, is that if you walk into, let's say... A casino, for example, and you play blackjack. You've got 50 cameras on you playing blackjack, right? Why wouldn't we have that kind of security when it comes to voting for elected individuals that will directly impact our lives? Uh, The governors, the president of the United States of America. Why don't we have that kind of security? Well, that's where Ron DeSantis steps in, and that's why he's got literally a policing unit to make sure that these are done accordingly and done transparently and done with integrity. But the left hates that. They say he's authoritarian, whatever it may be. Sure, maybe you can say he's authoritarian, maybe because he's you know prior military, whatever it is, but gets the job done, and it's fair, it's transparent, and it has there's there's integrity to the system. And that is one of the biggest problems we have right now within our voting system. That aside, we are going to talk a little bit more about the quality of candidates after these next few clips. Do you expect mass shooters to follow the law? Our fellow Americans will follow the law, yes. Congressman, um, mass shooters don't follow, by definition, million... the mass shooters in Parkland, in El Paso, I could go on for 10 oh, minutes. Beto. They don't follow the law. Beto, Beto. It doesn't this is why you make lose. sense that people are going to hand over their assault weapons 
if they're mass shooters, if they want to do harm to people, they're not going to follow the law. If somebody doesn't voluntarily hand over their assault weapon, you're going to go to their house, and then what? <laughs> if, if we pass this law, um, then I expect our fellow Americans to, to follow the law. And, and this is not speculation. We've seen other countries do this, yeah, like I Australia. We've seen law a significant decrease in law. Law-abiding people follow the law, but our problem is with mass shooters who don't. Yeah. So anyway, Beto O'Rourke. This is why this <laughs> this is why politician or candidate quality truly matters. I can't put I cannot put more emphasis on this. Candidate quality is paramount to being successful in whatever party you are in, and. Stupidity like this. This is this is the kind of stuff that we're seeing on both sides of the political spectrum here. Now here's the here's the twist. Here's the twist, and this is the thing that really, really is confusing to some people. A lot of people think that the crazier you are, the more radical you are, the more outgoing you are when it goes against the grain, that the better you have a chance at doing well in your campaign. And that it that cannot be any more further from the truth when it comes to the Republican Party. Now, here's the disadvantage that the Republican Party is at. If you are absolutely crazy off your rocker, typically with the Democratic Party, you are going to be extremely successful. Just look at John Fetterman, for example. He literally is like a Bernie Sanders without cognitive ability. Okay? And and, and I'm I'm not kidding here. He he literally is very much so socialist in every single ideology that he has. Minus the mental capacity and cog- cognitive capabilities that Bernie Sanders has. But people still voted for him. Because why? Because he had a D by his name. I think it was Nancy Pelosi who said it best herself. I'm pretty sure she said something along the lines of, even if you were a glass of water and you had a D beside your name, people would vote for you. That is the type of, of partisan bias and the type of just complete polarization that we have within our party that people will literally vote for someone based on having a D or an R beside their name. And that is a huge problem when we have that type of polarization within our country and it needs to stop. We need to fix it because if we don't fix it, then we are continually going to be repeating the same cycle. We're going to be in the same circle over and over and over again and nothing's going to get fixed. Look, Here's a, here's an idea. It's first it's a simple novel idea, okay? Take the D and R away. Take take any affiliation away from anyone who is on a ballot because a lot of these individuals that are going in and that are voting, they haven't done the research to see what kind of policies these people are pushing. They don't know what kind of narratives that these people are pushing. They don't know the ideologies that these people are peddling. They just vote because they see a D or an R. That is literally it. So let's put some accountability back where it needs to be within the people. You know, if you are accountable for who you're voting for, then you have to do the research yourself. You have to figure out whether or not this candidate is someone that aligns with your core values or doesn't align with your core values or whatever it may be. And then by doing that, you can figure out what's going to be best for you. And we're not seeing a lot of that. And that's why we're having some of the big issues that we're having within voting. But the second thing and this is probably paramount, the most important part, is the quality of these candidates. Everyone kept talking. The polling data was coming out, talking about how we were going to potentially have a red wave when it came to winning back the House and then also winning back the Senate. 
and and the Senate was a closer. It was more like a 50-50 shot, maybe a 51-49 uh, shot. But that red wave was barely even a trickle. We barely even won enough seats back to win the House. Now, granted, that's a wonderful thing because Nancy Pelosi is on the chopping block. Good for her. But the successor to her, the quality of that successor is is what? What, what, what do we have? What do we have? Look at these candidates. You know, individuals that, like, let's say specifically, and, and, and this is going to tie into the whole Trump thing. Candidate quality matters. Muhammad Oz, for example. By all means, he is very, very, very much so a left-leaning uh, Republican. I wouldn't even call him a Republican. I would call him literally a Republican in name only. We all know that's a rhino. He's not really a Republican. The dude had a talk show. Okay, look, he's a doctor. He had a talk show that introduced transgendering in kids. He was pro-abortion. He was against guns. And then all of a sudden, he flipped script because he got endorsed by Trump. And guess what? Because he got endorsed by Trump, he lost. That is the main reason why he lost, because of the endorsement by Trump. If you look back at the midterms that just occurred and all of the individuals that were endorsed by Trump... Almost every single one of those individuals lost. Why is that? Why? It's because we're polarized, yes, but it's also because we're factioned within our own party system. The Republican Party is factioned. The Democratic Party is factioned. You literally have factions within the party, which creates division. The more division you have, the weaker links you have, the easier it is to break that chain. Now, look, I'm not saying Trump shouldn't be running for a 2024 bid. I'm not, sh I'm not saying that you know his announcement last night was a bad thing. But I am saying that him going out a week before announcing, calling Ron DeSantis, Ron DeSanctimonious, and starting to attack his 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 colleagues, starting to attack his uh, individuals that he's endorsed, starting to attack people within his political party spectrum, I do think that's a problem. I do think it creates division. I do think it's divisive rhetoric. And you know what? Look. Let's say some of these people like Ron DeSantis, okay, you know what, he's he's not perfect, but neither is Trump, okay? At the end of the day, everyone needs to be on the same team. We need to have some sort of unification. We, we, we need unity. Without that, we are literally setting ourselves up to fail again and again and again. And the other problem here is that you've got these fence sitters, you've got the independents, you've got, you know— even even Democrats that are literally looking at like, wow, my party has just it's it's drastically changed. It is a stark contrast of what it was ten years ago. This is not my party anymore, and they're thinking about jumping ship. And you know, there are people that already have jumped ship and 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 either you know done libertarian, put, done independence, or they they voted Republican, whatever it may be. But a lot of these people are still fence sitters, and a lot of them don't like Trump. They don't like the rhetoric from Trump. They don't like the the, the division, the, the divisive narratives and rhetoric that's constantly spewing out of Trump's mouth, especially when it comes to Trump focusing on Trump. When Trump focuses on Trump, that is literally a losing strategy. Don't focus on 2020. Don't focus on January 6th because you're setting yourself up for failure. You want to see another monumental epic fail in 2024? Watch Biden and Trump go face-to-face -face again and Trump start talking about 2020 election and start talking about January 6th. Failing strategy, guaranteed. Last night's strategy, some of the stuff that he said last night, I'm not 100% on board with, but some of the stuff that he did say, he didn't, he didn't use the slogan as much, the whole make America great again. No, no, he used a different one. He used something different. He he 
he started to focus a little bit more on the culture. He started to focus a little bit more on the failed policies. He started to focus a little bit more on the things that actually mattered. And that is a winning strategy. That is how Trump's going to win back the party. Here's a clip for you uh, just to show you an example of that. In order to make America great and glorious again, I am tonight announcing my candidacy for President of the United States. a group of incredibly talented America First leaders who will be stars of our party for many years to come. In the popular vote, another thing that's not discussed for the House, we must remember that Republicans won five million more votes, the largest margin in many, many years over the Democrats. Five million more votes. That's a big thing. Breaking the radical Democrats' grip on Congress was crucial. So in other words, because of our great congressmen and all of our great congressmen and congresswomen, we have taken over Congress. Nancy Pelosi has been fired. Is America loves that. Ladies and gentlemen, distinguished guests and my fellow citizens, America's comeback starts right now. Two years ago, when I left office, the United States stood ready for its golden age. Our nation was at the pinnacle of power, prosperity, and prestige, towering above all rivals, vanquishing all enemies, and striding into the future, confident and so strong. In four short years, Everybody was doing great. Men, women, African-Americans, Asian-Americans, Hispanic-Americans. Everybody was thriving like never before. There was never a time like this. We turned the page on decades of... All right, so there you go. That's uh, Trump's introduction to Make America Great Again, and that is literally the slogan that he has played off of over the last uh, five years now, six years now, um, since 2016, six years. But if you go further into the speech, he actually puts a little bit less emphasis on Make America Great Again, that slogan. I think he's starting to realize has lost its luster, and he ended up kind of coining a new slogan for himself. He said, Put America First. And that is absolutely the way to win this election. This is the way to pave the way to you know, a, a strategy that is going to solidify a, a win for him, for the, for the party. But, and there's a big but here because Trump's all about Trump, per usual. Trump has to realize strategically he cannot put all of the emphasis on himself and then scapegoat others. Blame blame game. Play the blame game with all of these other individuals, all these politicians that he doesn't like, 
or that don't agree with him 100% on ideology. And here's the thing. Within the Republican Party, again, factions, same thing within the Democratic Party. But at the end of the day, in order to create unity, in order to have a unified party that is strong and does not have or consist of weak links, we all have to be on board. Now, it's not 100%. We don't have to be in agreement on every single little policy, but there should be a core value system that we are not willing to compromise on, okay, to waver on, all right? Let's just say we have three core values. Let's say we, we hold, um, um, you know, the Constitution, we hold uh, God, we hold the, the family. Let's just say those are our three, for, for example. Those ideologies, if they are aligned with our political opposition within the party when we when we have a primary and everybody decides to, to announce we need to focus on those and we need to team up on those and say okay look instead of calling you Ron de Saint Demodius uh, I apologize that was very immature of me you know what um, if you want to run for a 2024 bid you're more than welcome to do so and be cordial about it seriously be cordial about it uh, allow some humility to show and and that will go a long way if you treat others with dignity others will treat you the same way so it's it's the old saying do unto others as as you would have uh, them do to you right so and i know i just completely botched that but but you get the gist of it but that is literally what needs to be done here instead of attacking people you know ron ron DeSantis already responded to the attack i'll play that clip in a minute and he did it in a way of, again, treating the un- the other individual with dignity. That is how you win. That is how you win, maybe not a, a fist fight, but that is how you win in a political uh, fight when it comes to potential opposition. Treating each other with dignity, but also strategizing and utilizing smart tactics and optics as well. That is the key to winning. But putting America first, PAF, hashtag PAF. I'm, I'm, I'm coining it if someone already hasn't done it. Put America first. What, what values are important in America, at least from, from a conservative perspective? What values are important? What values are important to the democratic uh, perspective or, or, or ideology? Um, I think, I'm pretty sure, you know, uh, equal opportunity is kind of up there individualism, um, you know, having that equality in life. Um, I'm pretty sure that's a core value that everyone agrees on. Almost everyone agrees on. Okay. That's something that both sides of the political spectrum can agree on. Um, but I think with the conservative party, you know, upholding the constitution, uh, having the standards as far as the nuclear family being upheld, um, having, you know, faith, uh, religion, uh, being upheld, um, you know, these are some core values that, you know, if Trump was like, ah, oh, well, I'm against, uh, I'm against the nuclear family. I think that would be a kind of a, a deciding factor for a lot of Americans that that's a line they're not willing to cross. Fortunately, that's not what Trump's doing or, or his, his ideology where it leans. But what I'm saying is Trump has to understand that not everybody is going to agree with every single thing that he says. And that's okay. 
They're not always going to agree with every single thing that he believes, and that's okay too. Treat your opposition and treat your colleagues, treat your your constituents, treat your party members, same party members, with dignity and see where it will take you. That's the emphasis. Anyway, I'm going to go into this uh, DeSantis clip really quick, and I'm going to show you exactly how he responds to Trump already attacking him, even before he won the uh, the, the, the bid for the gubernatorial bid for this, this, this year. things I've learned, like learned in this job is um, uh, when you're do when you're leading, when you're getting getting things done. Yeah, you take incoming fire. That's just the nature of it. Uh, I roll out of bed in the morning. I've got corporate media outlets that have a spasm. Just the fact that I'm getting up in the morning and it's constantly attacking. And this is just what's happened. I don't think any governor got attacked more, particularly by corporate media than me over my four year term. And yet, I think what you what you learn is all that's just noise. And really what matters is, are you leading? Are you getting in front of issues? Uh, are you delivering results for people? And are you standing up for folks? And if you do that, then none of that stuff matters. And, and that's what we've done. We focused on results and leadership. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, I would just uh, tell people to go check out the scoreboard from last Tuesday night. Uh, the fact of the matter is... You know, the fact of the matter is we um, it, it was the, the, the greatest uh, Republican victory in the history of the state of Florida. Yeah, and he's exactly right there. The fact that, you know, literally the, 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 the statistics, the data, the polling, everything shows that Florida is doing amazing based on policies. But the emphasis, he put the emphasis on the people, not on himself. He put the emphasis on the issues and what the people wanted, and this is the winning strategy, and this is why Trump needs to take note of what DeSantis is doing because what DeSantis is doing has been successful thus far, and it doesn't matter how the media comes at him. He has been able to repel it. He's been able to repel every single thing that's come at him, and he's done it very gracefully. That is something that Trump needs to work on. It's the delivery and the message, implementation, and how it's going to be delivered to the people. That's where DeSantis destroys Trump in every single manner and way that you can possibly think of. And that's where the strategy is imperative to really make sure if you want Trump in, if Trump wants Trump in, then follow DeSantis's lead because right now with the way that Trump is handling things if it comes down to it in 2024 and there's a primary between Saint DeSantis and, and Trump it's literally going to split the Republican vote and that is only going to further divide and create more weak links within our party and guarantee a loss and if we lose again to a barely sentient individual it just shows the the degradation, the, the the breakdown, the just complete discombobulation of how our party is right now. Together we will be taking on the most corrupt forces and entrenched interests imaginable. Our country is in a horrible state. We're in grave trouble. 
This is not a task for a politician or a conventional candidate. This is a task for a great movement that embodies the courage, confidence, and the spirit of the American people. This is a movement. This is not for any one individual. This is a job for tens of millions of proud people working together from all across the land and from all walks of life, young and old, black and white, Hispanic and Asian, many of whom we have brought together for the very, very first time. If you look at the numbers, if you look at what's happened with Hispanic, with African-American, with Asian, and just look at what's happening. This is a party that has become much bigger, much stronger, much more powerful, can do much more good for our country. This is a job for grandmothers and construction workers, firefighters, builders, teachers, doctors, and farmers who cannot stay quiet any longer. You can't stay quiet any longer. You're angry about what's happening to our country. Our country is being destroyed before your very eyes. It's a job for every aspiring young person and every hardworking parent, for every entrepreneur and underappreciated police officer who is ready to shout for safety in America. The police are being treated so badly. These are great people. They can straighten out the crime. They're the ones that know how to do it. We have to give them back their respect and their dignity. This will not be my campaign. This will be our campaign altogether. Okay, right there. That's that's it right there. So that that segment right there where he says this will not be my campaign. This will be our campaign altogether. That is a winning strategy. That is the way Trump can lead the people, can unify Create unity. Unite. That is how you do it. And that is what he needs to hopefully keep the emphasis on. Put it on the things that actually matter. The people. The policies. The culture. The nuclear family. Policies matter. Okay? The nuclear family matters. Cultural issues matter. The people matter. And the more the people feel like they matter, the more they're going to support the individual that is is promulgating to support for them. Okay? That is how you win the strategy. That is literally if he if he if he stays on this track, if Trump, if Donald Trump stays on this track and he remains in good cognitive health, good physical health, and he runs for this 2024 bid for president. He has a great chance. And then let's just say he pulls in Ron DeSantis, per se, as a VP. That would be an ideal situation. Um, Now, look at it from a perspective of, let's say Ron DeSantis uh, doesn't, just decides not to run at all. Ron DeSantis hurts himself, first and foremost, if if he does that. Because he's going to, once his gubernatorial term is up, he's going to phase out. That's that's just what's going to happen. He's he's not going to. I'm call, I'm calling it right now. He's going to phase out unless he stays in the limelight. He's got to stay in the spotlight here, and the only way he's able to do that is to make either a presidential bid, do a VP, um, you know, run VP with 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 Trump, or something happens to Trump, and let's say Ron Ron DeSantis is a front runner. If Ron DeSantis is a front runner. Then we've got to look at 
potential VP candidates. Christy Noem's not probably going to do that. Uh, Sarah Palin's not going to do that. Tulsi Gabbard. And the reason why I say Tulsi Gabbard, and a lot of people say she's a plant, she's a rhino, she's only been Republican for five minutes, is because she has a base. She has the fence sitters. She has the independents. She has the the Democrats that are thinking about potentially swinging Republican. She could draw those people in. Again, end of day, core values. What core values are, are crossed that we're not willing or you're not willing or the individual who's voting is not willing to compromise on or waver on? Well, if Tulsi Gabbard doesn't cross those core, core values, she has a lot going for her. We need diversity in the party, first and foremost, and that is something that Trump seems to be doing a good job, at least in last night's speech, on putting some emphasis on is diversity. Now, that aside, if Trump decides to continually attack any type of opposition within his own party, then he's going to set himself up for failure. That's just all there is to it, because he's going to default to this narcissistic view of everybody else is wrong, I'm right, and what you're doing there is you're putting all the emphasis on yourself, and that's a losing strategy. Anyway, folks, that's going to be it for today. Um, I actually have a podcast coming up uh, within the next couple of hours with another individual, so hope you enjoyed it. If you liked it, say something in the comments. If you didn't like it, say something in the comments. If you think I suck, say, hey, you suck, you need work, whatever it may be. But hey, thanks for tuning in, and uh, look forward to the next one. Mm.